especially in the world of Google, I knew there was nothing that wasn't going to be known about me. I got to the meeting. And so I just walked with confidence and pride. I mean, this, this is me, warts and all. I'm Hispanic, I'm gay, I'm someone who is imperfect, but striving to be as best that I can be for me. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey, everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for people just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, you know it's June, and it's LGBTQ plus Pride Month, and I am excited to amplify the voices of amazing business leaders who just happen to identify as LGBTQ plus. And today, I am excited to talk to Luis Vega, who is the president of North America, vice president, government affairs and advocacy North America for Dow. But before Lewis comes on, I just want to talk a little bit about a question that I received recently at a keynote address. Someone came on and said, you know what, Jason, I don't like to brag. I don't like to talk about myself. If I say something about myself, if I show my value, everyone's going to think I'm a braggart. Well, guess what, people? You've got to lead with your brand, and sometimes you have got to brag. Now, let's be very clear. None of us like that person that is just going around the office, planting their flags, and talking 24-7 about all of the amazing things that they did. But I am going to argue that most people spend so little time that they end up not getting credit for amazing things that they do. So what I want you to remember is great marketers know that we need to see a brand marketing impression 7 to 15 times before we are even aware of a brand. That's right. We need to see that billboard driving down that street for that new Netflix show. We need to see it like 7 to 15 times before it even registers that there's a new show. And guess what? That's not even talking about our intent to tune in on Friday night when we want to stream something. So if you are just sitting around waiting for that end-of-year conversation, that end-of-year time where your company's asking you to put in your wins into your performance management tool, that is not 
enough. You have to be messaging about what you're doing and the value that you're creating every single day and every single week. So let me give you some really quick tips in how to do this in a way that doesn't come across as being a braggart. Now, many of you talk to people in person or in a virtual world. We're doing those one-on-ones, right? We're texting people. We're on Zoom and Microsoft Team one-on-ones with folks. Well, here's something that I love doing when I talk to people. If I haven't seen someone in a while, if I check in with a coworker and it's a once a week thing, I'll literally ask them a question and I'll say, hey, what cool things are you working on? Or or what's new and exciting in your world or your department or your division? Here's the great thing. If you get other people talking about what cool things they're working on, they expect and want to hear about those cool things that you are working on in response. So it's a great technique to not only amplify your brand, but hear about how people in your network are adding value in their world. Now, I love team meetings because oftentimes in your team meetings or your department meetings, you go around round robin and they say like, what's happening in your world or what did you do last week or in the past two weeks or this month? And I have known so many people that are like, oh, no, there's nothing I want to say. I'm just going to pass the baton. I want you to make a commitment right now. Never pass the baton. Never give up an opportunity to amplify, show your value and lead with your brand. Now, of course, you probably want to pass the baton because you hate it when that person takes 20 minutes and does a laundry list of all of the fabulous things that they're doing. So I'm not suggesting that you do that. But what I do want you to do is make sure that you share something exciting that you're working on that includes something that you've learned that is going to help other people. So what I want you to think about is in the past week, in the past month, from the last time that you've talked to this group, what is something you're working on where you learned something key about one of your external or internal clients? What is a life hack that you've learned on one of the projects that you're working on that other people could use? Heck, what is maybe a resource that you've discovered that you can share with other people? You can make your update not only about a win that you've had, but about something that you've learned that can help other people. Make sure that your updates are not bragging, but rather amplifying your value and being in service to other people. And finally, don't sit on the sidelines on social media. I know too many people who are on LinkedIn who look at it every single day, but they don't ever post anything. Now, guess what? You don't have to go and post about how amazing you are, but your company and your division and your team, your company is posting things on LinkedIn. Why don't you go ahead and share some of those things? Share that post from your company and talk about how excited and proud you are to have worked on that key initiative or project or contextualize what your department or division is doing with that big initiative. Go ahead and post about wins about your big team. Look at different articles that you can post that are going to add value and be in service of other people and talk a little bit about how you are incorporating or working on something similar in your own world. You can amplify your value by being of service to others without ever bragging. 
Well, I am super excited for today's guest. It is Louis Vega. He is the president of Dow North America and the vice president, government affairs and advocacy for Dow North America. Now, Louis has had a 20 plus year career at Dow, having worked in Switzerland, Dubai, and Australia. He was formerly the chief of staff of the office of the chairman and CEO, and has also served as the vice president of Dow's Olympic and Sports Solutions. He recently headed up Dow's presence in Australia and New Zealand. Now, he is a big advocate for inclusion and equality for all. He was named to Australia's 50 Outstanding LGBTI Business Executives and is also a multi-year member of the Outstanding LGBT Plus Role Model List. Prior to joining Dow, Lewis served in a variety of roles in Washington, D.C., We'll be back with Luis Vega in just a few moments. Happy LGBTQ plus Pride Month, everyone. It is June, and I still remember marching in my first Pride Parade with the University of Southern California all the way back in 1992. But you know, even though most of our Pride celebrations in person have been canceled, it is still a great time to do a little bit of self-reflection and personal development. Now, the Lead With Your Brand podcast has partnered with the Out and Equal Workplace Advocates, an incredible organization that advocates for workplace equality. And each week in June, we'll be featuring an out leader with an amazing career story and personal brand journey to share. In addition, I'll be hosting two special roundtable episodes of Lead With Your Brand, where we will explore issues around the trans experience and the intersectionality of race and ethnicity and being LGBTQ plus in the workplace. Now, Out and Equal will be providing discussion guides for each of our shows, so we encourage you to use the podcast as a virtual book club with your employees resource group or a group of friends. Listen to the episodes and then schedule your own group discussion with the discussion guide as part of your pride programming and celebration. Make sure you check out leadwithyourbrand.com backslash pride for more information and to hear some of our favorite shows from season one and two that feature LGBTQ plus leaders, including the fantastic CEO of Out and Equal, Aaron Uridas. Happy Pride, everyone. And we're back. I am super excited for today's guest. He is the president of Dow North America and the vice president of government affairs and advocacy North America, Louis Vega. Louis, what is going on? Hi, good morning. How are you, Jason? I'm great. Happy Pride Month to you. Happy Pride. Well, I'm Lewis, I'm super excited to have you on. So let's kick off by just asking, when you first meet people and they don't know who you are and what you do, how do you explain to them what you do? Well, normally you can't leave a conversation with uh, knowing that I'm from New Mexico. I, I grew up in New Mexico from a small little town along the Rio Grande and it is home uh, no matter where I've lived in the world. And so inevitably, you're going to hear that I'm a proud New Mexican. And then I guess I go into things that I like to do, and I, I end with what I do during the day. Uh, so that's a bit of how I try to get to um, open up to others so that they get to see the non-bio me, uh, <laughs> just meet all of me. 
Yeah. And so what are some of those things that you normally tell people that you like to do? Well, you know, I'm, I'm Hispanic. And, and so I really enjoy um, engaging with people, getting to understand, you know, what makes them tick. I love music of any kind. It just makes the soul happy. I enjoy traveling and engaging and learning about other other cultures. You know, growing up as in that small town in New Mexico, the the world seemed so huge and so far away. And so as I've been uh, blessed to be able to travel and, and to explore, I just keep learning and just like a sponge. And so I guess that's uh, how I would say the things that I like to do. And so, Lewis, tell me, how do you explain this huge, big role that you have over at Dow to people? I normally say I'm in general management and I lead the region, uh, you know, because I get to represent the brains and the passion and all the employees across the region. And we're all so different um, and we all just come under the same umbrella. And so, you know, I, I it's about representation. I get to represent the company. I get to try to engage with different stakeholders on behalf of the company. And I hope that I do that um, with a sense of pride from them. Absolutely. So, Lewis, you have had this 20-plus year uh, career at Dow. And even before that, you worked in D.C. So tell me a little bit around what some of the biggest career breakthrough moments have been for you as you look back. You know, looking back, you know, I, I look at things as chapters. And so opportunities are within a, a chapter, if you would. And each chapter has a huge story, underlying story for me. You know, when I, I left college and went to Washington as my first roles, that was really about me finding me, uh, living on your own, engaging, taking care of yourself. But on top of that, I also started to see others who started to look more like me, meaning I saw I saw LGBT community members who were on the rise, who were successful, who were out and proud. And that just wasn't anything I had much living back home. And then moving to that, you know, uh, when I moved to, to uh, Switzerland, being on the other side of the world in my 20s and engaging and not only representing the company, but representing the country at a, at a time when we were engaged in some... In some uh, global uh, conflicts that had different uh, people feeling differently about uh, those conflicts. Uh, So it was about, again, more personal growth. I guess when I moved to Dubai uh, with my husband, that was really professional growth at its at its largest, meaning, you know, engaging with stakeholders, uh, helping to negotiate path forwards uh, for the company, setting up a regional operations, which we hadn't had uh, in the, the Middle East or the Gulf um, in Africa. And then I swing back around and my, my role as leading the uh, Olympic business uh, for the company as worldwide sponsors was fantastic because... Here I was at the at the tip of the of, of the arrow, being able to to really help bring science together with sport and environment to really drive change. So allowing the the human competitiveness to be at its best, using technology to help solve some sustainable sporting issues and and helping them to do it even better. Uh, all of them have been fantastic. I can go on and on. I, I guess what I'd end with is just 
you take something from every chapter, you grow, you continue to learn, you adapt to the new experiences that you have, and you go forward and grow again. Yeah. And so tell me, when you were a kid growing up in New Mexico, right, what did you want to be when you grew up? A little bit of, uh, I wanted to be, I think everyone did, some kind of singer or performer, right? That, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and I, I We're not singing later? Maybe you and I will sing later, privately. <laughs> but uh, no, I, you know, I looked at, I, I knew I wanted to be successful. I, I knew that I wanted to make my family proud. I knew that the world was bigger out there and that I wanted to explore it. I honestly, I wasn't one of those people who had like a definite plan. I'm going to do this by this age. I'm going to do that by that age. I don't know if it was the right way to look at it, but it sure ended up uh, being the right way because my my sphere uh, of focus was so broad. It allowed me to really grow and, and follow different paths in my life that have gotten me here. Absolutely. And then what brought you to Washington, D.C. And, and working on Capitol Hill and the executive branch? Well, I guess what if I was uh, being more honest in my previous, in addition to wanting to be a, a, a performer of some sort, I don't know if you remember Up With People. I remember I, they came to town. I decided I was going to be part of Up With People and, you know, that obviously we got <laughs> But I also thought about um, politics, and I, I've always been um, intrigued and interested in, and so my move to D.C. was to get closer to that. And working for the senator from uh, New Mexico and, and the congressman and, and the congressional delegation, I started to see that you could be helping and representing without actually uh, being the elected. And so I was oh, able yeah. to fill that need for me to to represent my peeps back home. Yeah. And what was the toughest part about working in, in the Beltway in that political sphere? You know, I think the toughest part was being uh, gay by night and not by day, right? That was really difficult because I was having to leave a very important part of myself on the shelf. I was quite successful. I, I, I enjoyed my career paths. I had amazing bosses who were who are actually uh, uh, amazing coaches. and But I, I wasn't able to be me. So that separation was really tough because I wasn't just separating it from my work family. I was separating it from my family back home. And those years were, were pretty tough. So that was the toughest part. The, the daytime politics was uh, uh, actually something fun to maneuver and engage with. It was my own personal side that, that was uh, the toughest part there. Yeah. So tell me, how did you eventually come out at work? I never made a declaration, if you will, while I was in D.C. on the Hill, but uh, the senator knew and the, and the congressman knew and, and, and they showed through their actions that this, this was nothing remarkable or worrisome to them. But, you know, um, when it was time to look for another opportunity, uh, career opportunity, I promised myself I was going to bring all of me to interviews. And so when I interviewed with Dow, the recruiters came a knocking. <laughs> I was anxious because in my head, there, here's a, uh, uh, you know, this huge fortune company. We, we didn't have a lot of exposure to multinationals in New Mexico growing up. So that was already something that was um, a bit 
unknown to me. But then I, I started just thinking, you know, if, if it's, uh, I, I'm interested in the position, but I need to be me. And so I interviewed as, as me. And unfortunately, <laughs> I, I was waiting for a question, any way to slip into my answers that I was gay or, or uh, but you know, this company that really places uh, a real premium on bringing whole self to work didn't ask. I didn't have an opportunity to kind of bring that into the to the. <laughs> so when I when I got the offer, I decided to join. I was going to join as all of me, and if it went well, awesome. If it didn't, I had a career back in DC that I knew I could go back to. So I joined the company, and as you said, it was about twenty three ish years ago. And I've, it, it has been an amazing run. It's been an amazing experience. I've learned so, so much from my colleagues around the world, and I've learned even more about myself. Absolutely. And, and you have worked all over the world with Dow, right? In Australia, New Zealand, and across Europe. But talk to me a little bit about bringing your authentic self to work when you're working in a region like the Middle East. Yeah. So, you know, living in Dubai and and being in the Gulf and engaging with our uh, customers or customers to be and, and different stakeholders, you know, especially in the world of Google, I knew there was nothing that wasn't going to be known about me. I got mm. to the meeting. And so I just walked with confidence and pride. I mean, this this is me, warts and all. I'm Hispanic. Uh, I'm gay. I am someone who is is imperfect, but striving to be as as best that I can be for me. And when you bring that kind of confidence, you lower the ability for someone to... To, to pick on or to find a soft spot. And um, so, I, you know, honestly, it was, I don't want to downplay. We have a lot of people, there are a lot of um, uh, members of the LGBT community who are suffering greatly in some really tough parts of the world. I didn't experience it. I lived myself. Uh, my husband was with me. And we had an incredible four, four and a half years um, through the region. And Lewis, talk to me a little bit about that confidence. How over your career and over your life have you built that confidence to just walk in and and be exactly who you are in an unapologetic way? You know, I, I got to say, I think it starts way, way young. My, my, I'm, a, I'm an only of a very large Hispanic family from both my mom's side and dad's side. I'm the only only. And from a really early age, I guess uh, my mom, who's passed away, would say that she was so shy that she really, really didn't want that to happen to me. So from an early age, she and my father would find excuses for me to do things on my own, go into a grocery store, make change. So from an early age, uh, they were instilling in me, you you can be whatever you want to be, and you Mm-hmm. Um, and that confidence that just kept growing from then. And then as you grow in your careers or as you grow in experiences, you start to see that your experience isn't um, wrong or your experience or journey is, it's just you, it's just different. And if you, if you build on all of your differences, 
to be out in the world, that confidence is going to come with you. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your brand. How would you describe your professional brand as an executive? Well, I would hope uh, that it would be described to you by those I work with as someone who is uh, not only a a first um, friend or champion to those trying to be their best selves and and looking for paths to do that. Um, But, you know, I I just try to live authentically and and be who I am, be all of me, as as I've said. And, And in that, you open yourself up to others who are carrying whatever on their shoulders and want to, to want to offload it. So I feel that I am an open and uh, authentic and, and most importantly, uh, champion and advisor. Yeah. So I'm hearing champion. I'm hearing authentic. I'm hearing open. How do you show up every single day at work as a champion of people? I show up with my ears wide open, trying to hear and learn and understand what others are challenged with and seeing if there's something I can do to help. You know, whether it is um, issues of social justice, whether it's issues of of gender, whether it's issues of uh, engaging with a stakeholder, I I try to learn, I try to hear, and I I ask, how, how can I help? How can I help you in whatever it is that you're facing? And and I get a, I learn through that, but I also get a great energy by being being able to feel like I've helped someone in any little way to make their day a little easier. Absolutely. And Lewis, talk to me. How has how has your brand evolved over time in your career? Oh, greatly. Um, you know, and I think. I have, I have a former uh, boss who'd say he's been uh, 10 different versions of himself in, in one stint as CEO. And I, and I can see it now and how it happens. I mean, my, my personal brand and growth matches those experiences that I've had. I mean, without my, without my time in, in the Gulf and in, in Africa and in India, my sphere of reference around uh, culture and religion and and politics would be so much different. And then therefore, my personal brand would be different. My time in Australia and and New Zealand, if if I wasn't there uh, learning and growing while leading, shame on me. I would have missed some amazing personal experiences that help continue to shape my brand. And so I guess it would, the evolution of, of it has been the addition of my experiences um, helping me to kind of build myself around the challenges has allowed me to maybe be a more inclusive, a more uh, thoughtful, and uh, hopefully a better listener, leader. Yeah. And tell me, what was one of those moments that you had where you realized that what you were doing maybe wasn't working in the situation and you had to, you had to pivot and, and show up in a different way to be successful? Well, I guess when I first moved to um, Switzerland, I thought that I, I, I 
was young, I was placed on the executive floor. People worked really hard to get to that executive floor. And here I was kind of parachuting in. And I was just, I was just, uh, no one was going to outwork me. Right. And, and <laughs> before everyone else got there, I was there after everyone left. And thankfully, a, a Swiss national who um, worked uh, there with me in the same building took me aside and said, Hey, I know you're, I know you're trying. I know you're um, wanting to fit in. You're wanting to, to be a leader here. Working past five and being the first one in doesn't go well here. Ooh. That might go well back home, but it sends a wrong signal here. And, and so I pivoted. I pivoted quickly to being more, uh, I took, I didn't drink coffee, but I took time to, to <laughs> take coffee breaks and make myself uh, available, if you would, and took time um, to get to hear others' stories because there was a different frame of reference for workplace there. And I was missing it. And thankfully, that person was very honest with me. And I barely knew this person at all. But they were very honest and and took time to give me that feedback. And it's just a minor bit of feedback, but it made such a huge difference for my four years there because they were an incredible four years of personal and professional growth that honestly, had I been you know stuck in my office uh, uh, just grinding away to prove up that I uh, deserved the opportunity, I would have missed the experiences uh, going on around me. Yeah, and I always find it so interesting, right? It's like when you do work as an expat, you, you learn so much about yourself that we kind of take for granted when we're just working in our in our home country. What's the biggest thing that you learned about yourself working globally? I learned that I was more agile than I thought. You know, I'm a I'm a ver- oh, yeah. I'm a perfectionist and I just assumed that change for me would be something that was difficult. And what what being an expat, what moving, what having different careers within the same company um, gave me um, proof to myself (laughs) that I was able to adapt while not losing who I was. Uh, Adaptation to um, appreciate the culture, appreciate the different ways of working, to appreciate different cultures didn't change who I am and I wasn't going to try to assimilate, but adapt to the situation. I was pretty proud that um, I was able to do so. And Absolutely. And, and so you've to. talked a little bit about being a perfectionist. So, so Lewis, how do you balance your drive for perfection and still showing up as open and inclusive and a champion for other people? Because it feels like sometimes those things might, uh, you might find some tension between those. Yeah, well, I think the, the important part is for, for me to verbalize to those that I'm working with that, that that is something that is driving me. And that in that quest, I, I'm expecting of myself and hoping that everyone can bring their thoughts and ideas so that we have a better answer, so we have a better solution. So my drive for per- perfection isn't uh, one to, to tamp down or uh, stifle others. It's actually to help bring more out because through everyone's voice at the table, <laughs> we'll get a more perfect product. And 
frankly, this perfectionist has learned that he's way from perfect. And uh, it, is a, it is a drive um, for me to just continue to try to be better. Um, and I'm better through the different voices and experiences and, and colleagues and voices uh, uh, at the tables. Absolutely. So you have a big role. I mean, you are are leading a huge region here at Dow. What are some things that you have done over time as you've moved from sort of being a, an individual contributor, an internal consultant to really leading huge teams of people? How has that impacted how not only you lead, but how you choose to show up? I guess it will start with how it's helped uh, me adjust to how I show up is that when when you have such a large region and such an amazingly talented and diverse workforce, you know, from uh, manufacturing sites and in, in small towns to corporate-based uh, employees, is that you have to listen more. You have to understand uh, more uh, of what everyone's going through and try really hard in managing to not leave out the voices that may not be the loudest, but may need the most. And so I try really hard to not let either the corporate culture or the headquarters or a large site or a large function outvoice the others through this vast uh, region of North America for Dow. It's definitely something that takes a lot of focus and and work, and it challenges uh, myself to pull on all my experiences to be able to not only represent the company, but to represent those employees and the employee needs that might not be uh, as noticeable to everyone. So it's a, it's a great um, challenge that I get to face every day. And, you know, I'm, I'm also leading our COVID response uh, team for North America, and it has become very clear how you have, one has to be very uh, attuned to the needs of each region or site or location because as as the pandemic showed everyone is in a different space everyone has different challenges and everyone had different needs to face those challenges and so this uh, pandemic has further helped me uh, to grow as a leader um, to be even more attuned to the individual needs versus just looking at kind of corporate policy or region-wide policy. Yeah, and what's the biggest thing that you learned leading a huge organization through the pandemic? I learned that in crisis, all of us have qualities and um, deliverables or things we bring to the table we didn't even know ourselves. And so what I learned was people are ready to step up to help each other, Mm -hmm. finding the best way um, to take that positive uh, intent to drive into an outcome that's needed for everyone was not only a great surprise, but it was a great um, benefit. For example, when our country was low on hand sanitizers, 
mm-hmm. our brains in our R&D world were quickly thinking, how can we adjust our current manufacturing footprint to be able to uh, manufacture this product that we hadn't been manufacturing um, so that we can get it out into the public? So those types of people um, just wanting to help, those, those examples were plentiful. They were around from everywhere. And it was a matter of helping to channel those energies and channel those ideas so that they can have real impact externally. The other thing I learned was that when there is a matter of crisis, you need, you, you need um, to have a, a, a strong a directional voice so that employees feel that someone is looking out for them. So we worked on health care uh, benefits. You know, we, we all had Teladoc, but really leaning in on Teladoc, really looking for those who are going to work every day because we're essential, um, we're essential industry. So we had 10,000 um, colleagues going into manufacturing sites every day through the, the deepest, darkest parts of, of the pandemic. They, they needed help with childcare. They needed help adult yeah. care. They needed help with grocery delivery. I mean, so, so really working to understand how we can bring help to that area for those needs for that employee, which was different than maybe just a state over and the needs and the challenges of those employees was really showing that management and leadership has to be to the situation. It's not just a, a playbook and, and generalized uh, to all. Yeah, right. It's really about thinking on your feet. It's like we weren't expecting a global pandemic to come. Now, Lewis, we first met at Out and Equal just outside of Washington, D.C., and one of the big things that we bonded over is the Olympics, because I am a huge Olympics fan, as I know you are. So tell me a little bit what it was like working for Dow in support of the Olympics. It was meeting the Olymp- the Olympians. It was hearing their stories, frankly, and and the Paralympics was just it was just story after story of how individuals overcoming challenges and 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 that drive and that heart to succeed i i loved meeting our olympians and paralympians because when i thought i had a hard day um at work I, I would remember these these stories of challenge, these stories of overcoming, these uh, stories of perseverance, and I would pull from that energy. And they're so humble and inspirational, and I just loved hanging out. Um, I just loved hanging out with them and trying not to geek out. And it allowed me to be this little kid from New Mexico who was odd, and um, it, it was a great time. And what what's one uh, particular athlete whose story really moved you? You know, um, there was a Paralympian who was uh, who became a Paralympian overnight, meaning um, he had a horrible motorcycle accident, and because he had served in the military, he woke up in a an army uh, hospital. And he 
said he remembers thinking, you know, my life's over. It's all, you know, he had just gotten out of the military. thought he had his whole life to look ahead on. And he said a nurse, a military nurse that he, that was assigned to him, kind of shook him by the shoulders and, and told him, you know, stop. Sorry for yourself. You got your life ahead of you. Uh, you're alive. And kept pushing him and, dr- and driving for him to make it through PT, um, get out of bed, to drive on. And, and his story was not just of his and perseverance and, 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 and determination, so that one person making such an impact on someone else. And so I, I, I love how two things that are really important to me, representation and showing up and hoping that there's someone out there who says, well, if Lewis can do it, I can do it. Or he sounds like me, so therefore I have a chance. If there's just one person, then I've succeeded. And here was one person who didn't know this person at all and probably still doesn't know the impact she had on him. And, you know, he's multi-gold winner in in multiple disciplines. That's a fantastic story Uh, that that, um, just still to this day gives me inspiration. So, Lewis, I know that you spend a lot of time giving your time back to the community. Tell me why that's important for you. Well, it's important because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that kid in New Mexico, I, I didn't I didn't know. If I did, I didn't realize I knew any uh, gay persons. I didn't see anyone that was uh, both living their authentic self and succeeding. And it was just so important to me that, there's someone out there, uh, whether it's in, in New Mexico or, or somewhere else in the world, that I feel it's really important uh, that they be able to see um, that they can be and that the, it's a, a large world out there and that things will get better for them if it's a struggle. And so I, I serve on um, many boards uh, in the LGBTQ plus community, uh, GLAD and Victory Institute is, is, is two, um, engage with m- many organizations uh, out and equal and, and, and others. But mostly, you know, I give back and I turn up in my town. Um, I, I took my first, uh, my first bonus from the company and started a scholarship in my late mother's name. Um, wow! High school that you know, it's there aren't there isn't a lot of money and there aren't a lot going on to college, and so this this money is just to try to help encourage people, uh, first gens to go to to college. And then I had a particularly um, a good year um, a, a while back, and I started a couple of endowments at my university in New Mexico, New Mexico State. Again, uh, a university full of first timers um, and just trying to help the communities in which I grew up and I'm a part of and I'm proud of to keep getting ahead. So, um, yeah, it's important. And my husband and I are are proud and honored to be able to engage and to give back and, uh, and to continue to try to make the path a little easier for someone else. Yeah. So a couple of quick fire questions as we close up, Lewis. We've been talking about your brand and great brands like Dow and the Olympics. What is your favorite brand as a consumer? What are you obsessed with? What can't you live without? 
you know, it's hilarious. Anything um, that I grew up with. So I know people like to go to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. You know, I, I need to be able to go somewhere I can find my Tide. You know, so I'm really basic on, <laughs> on my brand. I, you know, look, I am, I, uh, you know, I'm a brand loyalist when it comes to who I fly. I'm a brand loyalist when it comes to uh, clothes, uh, uh, cleaning my clothes. But mostly it's someone who I think is trying to do something uh, with that brand to help others. And if if I can make that connection point, if I can see that in it, um, then that's something I gravitate to because, you know, everyone uh, should be using that, that voice, their voice, uh, to drive some kind of change for the better of some segment of our world. Yeah. And, and Lewis, tell me, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? Again, going back, Cadillac, the new <laughs> all-electric Cadillac. And why why do you say that? Well, because I, I I remember as a kid there was a family who had a big Cadillac in town. I just thought that was like the like symbol of Americana and uh, that symbol of of making it. And you know, I haven't I haven't been in a Cadillac in a while. My father still has one uh, in in New Mexico. And Lewis, finally, what's the best career advice that you would like to pass on to our listeners? When expressing your interests in um, what uh, drives you or what you're looking to obtain uh, in a role, don't look at a specific role. In other words, don't say, I want to be VP of XY. It, because VP of XY, if a company is on the move, may not be there tomorrow, right? It may be mm. something of the past or or there may be a newer, different version of B, VP of XX. So instead, express yeah. attributes, express what you'd like um, to, to get out a, a role that does like or that encompasses an ability to engage with shareholders or with stakeholders or with employees because when you talk about attributes that's something that then is a great marriage that that matches your personal passion your um, um, capacity and capabilities as well as the organization's Awesome. Well, Lewis, thank you so much for being open, authentic, and always being a great champion of our communities. It was so great connecting with you. You as well, Jason. And again, thank you. It's been an honor uh, to represent uh, my New Mexico peeps, my Dow peeps, and um, myself. Thank you. Absolutely. And happy Pride Month, Lewis. Happy Pride Month. Hope to see you soon. Absolutely. And we'll be back in a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how.
Well, what an amazing conversation with Louis Vega, the president of Down North America. I just love when I talk to Louis because we bond over so many great things. Of course, the Olympics, which is coming up this summer. But you know what I really took away from Louis is this whole passion about serving the community. I think we all have this amazing responsibility to give back. And people tell me all of the time, you know what, Jason, I, gosh, I just don't have time to give back. I, I don't have time to volunteer. Well, what I'm going to suggest to you is how do you carve out some time to have a meaningful connection with the community? What do I mean by meaningful? Think about what Lewis has done. How do you find the intersection of the community that you're passionate about and bring the skills and talents that you have to the table? What expertise can you bring to a community organization? What is it that you do in your day job that you can help amplify for an organization that really needs your help? And guess what? While we're doing it to help other people, I have personally found not only great fulfillment, but a great network of folks that help amplify my career. So that's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you are following or subscribe to the Lead With Your Brand podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in next week where we will continue to celebrate LGBTQ plus Pride Month with another amazing out leader. Check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And check us out on LinkedIn where I share tons of tips on how to best lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Now grab your discussion guide from Out and Equal at leadwithyourbrand.com backslash pride. There you can have a great discussion with members of your employee resource group or even your friends to make sure that all of the great content from our Pride on Brand month of episodes is really hitting home and helping you get to your next career breakthrough. And just remember, in your career, don't be coffee. Make sure you're a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.